This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast. Kanye West and his beautiful bride, Kim Kardashian. Kim asked her Twitter followers to vote on which name for Kanye's upcoming album they liked best. This happened on Monday. The choices were Swish, Waves, or So Help Me God. Hmm. More than 439,000 people voted, and So Help Me God won. Oh. In In Monday's Iowa caucuses, 185,000 people participated on the Republican side, and that was a record high number. 171,000 Democrats showed up. Combined, that's 356,000 people. Hmm. And 439,000 people voted for Kanye's new album title. Hmm. So I think it's clear that the priority... Yes. Was Kanye's new album? Title. Absolutely. Well, in 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 the defense of the caucuses, I will say that Kim Kardashian has been known to have people that actually aren't real people voting for her polls. And plus, with the caucuses, it was just Iowa, not the whole country. Yeah. But and the caucus, you had still. to go sit in a gym. You had to like go somewhere and sit there for hours. Twitter, a t- vote on Twitter just goes click. Takes I'm done. Half a second. Beep. I'm done with that. So this is probably. One of the very few times that I will ever hear at least Tim defend the Kardashians. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Mark it down. <laughs> All right. I know. The president versus Kanye. Or the next president versus Kanye. <laughs> Kanye won that one. All right. Well, there have been plenty of years when the wrong movie won the Best Picture Oscar. I mean, let's face it. We watch the Academy Awards, especially if you're a movie buff like I am. And you are sure in your mind, you've seen every single one, and you are sure what, in your opinion, is the best picture. You Mm -hmm. even try to take yourself out of the equation and look at it objectively, Mm -hmm. and you are pretty sure what you think will be the best picture. And then it's some ridiculous, self-indulgent, wild hair that you didn't see coming. Well, this list from Business Insider, this is your justification this is your validation they did a list of the 10 worst movies to win best picture and the movies that should have won instead okay uh around the world in 80 days was the best picture winner in 1956 but the winner should have been the 10 commandments well how do you how does god lose <laughs> especially with, with the 10 commandments I mean, that's one a of the big most, moment oh it's one of the biggest movies of all time would you, the would, 10 commandments would you call it in as one of the top five highlights of the bible Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. It's a big move. Absolutely. (laughs) Test of our our faith. It's a test. There you go. Those are are the rules. I can't believe they didn't win. Uh, A lot of people. 1980. Let's go back to 1980. Best picture of that year was Ordinary People. I remember that when Timothy Hutton was in that. I had a crush on him. Wasn't it incredibly depressing? It was horribly sad, yes. Yeah. What should have won, uh, Raging Bull. Raging Bull should have won that. I think you might be right. All right, in 1997, Titanic won Best Picture. How can you not? How do you not give it to Titanic? Come oh, on! Oh, I cannot get. I could totally not give it to Titanic. That what was the worst movie instead? ever. That was that was two and a half hours too long. Come on, Chicks love Jeff. That. 
My heart will go on, Jeff. Yeah. L.A. Confidential. Now that's a movie that should have won. L.A. Confidential that year. I'll never let go. Then she lets go. Okay. Now, this was a toss-up. I would have been happy with either winner on this one. The King's Speech won Best Picture in I 2010. I love that movie. That's an incredible movie. That is an incredible movie. A lot of people think The Social Network should have won, but... I don't know. I'm, no. I'm kind of okay with the King's Speech I'm, on I'm this I'm 100% one. with the King's Speech. Okay. Yeah. In 2002, Chicago, the movie Chicago, the musical Chicago, won mm-hmm. Best Picture. And and anytime a-, a musical wins, you, <laughs> you're going to say, that shouldn't have been it. But that was a good movie. They put a lot of work into that. Like I've said, I like music. I like movies. When you combine the two. There's an issue. No. A lot of people think The Pianist should have won. Pianist. Yeah. The pianist. That was a very good movie. Mm. So serious, though. Yeah, but it was very entertaining, though. Did you see The Pianist? Uh, I couldn't stick with the whole thing, but I definitely all right. watched all of Chicago. You got to be in a frame of mind for it. <laughs> right, because you like musicals. You go to musicals. Every time yeah. there's a musical, you're at the premiere. I was there last night. Yeah, what'd you see? I saw If Then. How was that? There is a lot of singing in it. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. I thought it was really good, but there's a lot of singing. All right. Uh, Argo won the best picture in 2012. I happen to agree. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. With that selection. I like that. A lot of people think Zero Dark Thirty should have been the big winner. You know, you're always going to get that argument when it's a war movie. When a war movie loses. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1990, Dances with Wolves. Kevin Costner's Dances with Wolves won Best Picture. I thought that was one of the worst movies I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's a long one, Wilderness too. movie was awful. Yeah. Uh, that year, Goodfellas. Goodfellas should have won. crying out loud. Right? Oh. Yes. Goodfellas. Gangsters. Or is it, that's another type of movie that should always right. win. Yeah. We all agree on Wars that. Wars and gangsters. Better okay. than the wolves. Here's another split. A lot of people. This is 2005 now. Crash won Best Picture in 2005. That was was an, that a cocaine? Was that? No. no what was it was It was a lot. It was a movie that started out with a lot of different stories that eventually became sort of intermingled into one. And okay. it did yeah. have to do with drug addiction. And, and racism. Crime and racism. And, and, yeah, there was, it was all of these components. Parallels. All of, all of yes. A lot of social issues social issues brought to the forefront in a very sort of creative way it's a great movie excellent movie i was very happy with that choice although a lot of people felt that broke back mountain should have won that year that i'll tell you that movie was pretty groundbreaking in a lot of ways it was a great movie too Yeah. yeah but is that enough to make it best picture that's where people disagree. I don't know. I feel like crash was i saw both of those and i feel like crash had more just, I mean, the parallels and the way that it all came together, it really made you think, but it also entertained you. Yeah, it took you on a ride. There were a lot of things that you didn't see coming in that, which as a moviegoer, I like to mm-hmm. not see. I, I hate knowing what's going to happen before Predictability. Yes. Yes. 
Okay. In 1941, the movie How Green Was My Valley was the best picture. Great movie. A lot of people would argue that Citizen Kane should have been best picture. Oh, wow. Citizen Kane Because who winner. remembers How Green Was My Valley? True. Citizen Kane, still to this day, one of the greatest movies, considered one of the greatest movies of all time. How Green Is My Valley almost sounds like it's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Now it does. By 1941 standards. Hey. And in 1998, finally, this is the number one big disagreement with a lot of people. In 1998, a lot of people think that Saving Private Ryan should have won Best Picture. It didn't? It did not. Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture Oh, uh, with year. Gwyneth Paltrow. That yeah. was a good movie, though. That was a dumb one compared to Saving Private Ryan. Come well, on. I... Trump gave a very humble concession speech, which was unexpected. But this morning on Twitter, I think he went through sort of a reverse grieving process. Um, let's go through these tweets because they start with acceptance. He said, my experience in Iowa was a great one. It started out with all the experts saying I couldn't do well there and ended up in second place. Nice. Then he started rationalizing. He said, because I was told I could not do well in Iowa, I spent very little time there. A fraction of Cruz and Rubio came in a strong second. Great honor. <laughs> Next, this one came moments later. Denial. The media has not covered my long shot great finish in Iowa fairly. <laughs> Brought in record voters and got second highest vote total in history. And finally, anger. I don't believe I've been given any credit by the voters for self-funding my campaign. The only one I will keep doing, but not worth it. <laughs> He's mad because we're ungrateful about how much money he spent on his own campaign. All right, ladies. George Clooney. Let's talk about his panties. George Clooney talking about his underwear. He's talking about his underwear. This new movie, Hail Caesar, that he's in, it looks pretty funny. And the, the movie is about ancient Rome. And his costume was 100% authentic right down to his underwear. Mm. He said, I had actual, original Roman undergarments. 2,000-year-old underwear. And then he says, can I tell you this, though? You get a little chafing. Hmm. Very unfortunate. <laughs> he wasn't used to it. Mm -mm. I wonder what's wrong with them. They're just hard? Or... Buddy, well, they're 2,000 years old. He said it wasn't the best, but I had to wear it. I mean, that's what they wore. He says, I will tell you, I don't know how Rome lasted as long as it did in those outfits. Wow. I think they went commando a lot. Tough you know man it. thighs. I know it. You might have some cute audio over there of George talking to Channing Tatum, the two of them interviewing each other they're doing the rounds hail caesar opens this weekend and it looks like it's going to be pretty funny but the thing about george he's just so likable mm -hmm. just so seems so comfortable in his own skin and so charming and likable it's easy to do when you're that good looking well you know <laughs> i got this i got to talk to his dad for a little bit at an event last year yeah. and two minutes with nick looney and you're like that's where george gets it it's the exact same mannerisms, the way he carries himself, the way he holds himself, the way he interacts with people. They are pretty right. charming people. Yeah. George told a great story about trying to audition drunk for Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. What was your first audition and worst audition? My, my first audition was for a, I think a private resort or something like that, and I didn't get it, and I think I cried when I didn't get it. I was like, uh, I was like 20 years old, and I was very bad. Worst audition, I think I auditioned for Francis Ford Coppola for Dracula, and I was supposed to play a drunk guy, and I 
got really drunk to do it because I thought that was the best way to do it. And yes. Then Coppola called my agent and said, he was drunk. He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh my. I love that Coppola was irritated with him for showing up drunk. And actually placed the call. That's and funny. And told on him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> George was also on Jimmy Kimmel Live last night and did a skit where there was supposed to be an ER reunion with Jimmy as the patient, but no one else showed up. And then Hugh Laurie shows up as his character from House. House. Oh, fun. And they revived Jimmy by doing Rapper's Delight. Hit him the Rapper's Delight! That's in the hip! Ha! I have it to the heaven to the hip hip. I'll stop rocking to the bang bang boogie. Say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to be. I said hip hop, the heaven to the hip hip hop. You don't stop. Rock it up, baby, bumble to the boogie to bang bang, the boogie to the boogie to be. Now what you hear is he's coming back. I'm alive. Yeah. There you go. Here's the here's the part of the bit where George Clooney finds out there will not be an ER reunion. I need a CBC cross type four units. Somebody bring me a scalpel. Somebody bring me a scalpel. Why didn't anybody bring me a scalpel? The reason nobody's bringing you a scalpel is because it's, you know it's kind of a last minute thing. We had some trouble getting a whole cast of ER together. <laughs> Joanna Margulies. Yeah, she's filming the uh, Good Wife, so she couldn't make it. Noel Wyland. He has, you know, he wanted to be here, but he's got, uh, I guess he got a thing with his family, Taco Tuesday. They have. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Where's, where has Noah, Noah Wiley been lately? Ben, that's a good question. George Clooney recreated his mullet days. I'll show you guys the picture for the January New York magazine. It. He looks, I mean, he, his face and everything looks the same. Like, that's his current face. With his, his eyebrows are a little bit thicker back then, I yeah. think. Maybe. It's fun. Maybe the mullet's coming back. I doubt I it. I loved the mullet. You did? The business in the front and the party in the On back. men? Loved um, or love it? Loved. I mean, I had one. Well, you yeah. always had was, one. But, I mean, it was great for because you could still wear your hair down when you were playing ball and still look like a girl <sighs> from behind and your hair wasn't getting in your face. That's what I loved about it. The feather Well, bangs. what's the excuse for the guys? Mm. There really wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sad yeah. part. Yeah. Hey, this is pretty good. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Have you ever wondered? We we did this earlier with Bernie Sanders ordering coffee. Have you ever wondered what Bernie Sanders sounds like when he's just doing ordinary things? Because it seems like every time you see him, he's yelling. He he's yelling yeller. at you. Yeah, <laughs> he is a yeller. Well, where is he from? He's well. He was born in Brooklyn. See, he can't help. He's from it. Vermont, though. You know, but he still sounds like he's. He's from New York. <laughs> He's got a point. Is there really anything better than yoga pants? Um, They're not for everyone. I love them. I can't. My yeah. thighs are just too thick to be rocking those in public. Where do I go to get some? Yoga pants? You can go to Lululemon. Athleta out at Kenwood Mall. Old Navy has them. I'm going to get some and I'm going to wear them tomorrow. And we'll see how you look. Well, make sure you, you get a sales assistant's help because, you know, there's different styles. There's different widths of the leg and stuff. Oh, yeah. There's different cuts, like skinny yeah. leg, or you can do like a boot cut. And then we'll do a before and after of my figure okay. in jeans. Versus yoga pants. Versus yoga pants and see if there's any measurable impact. There you go. And if there is, great. then I may be a converter. There you go. This I think you'll like the get, way uh, the comfort. I mean, it's... Pretty awesome. I think you should wear a long hanging shirt also. 
a long hanging shirt, which I do anyway. Yeah. I mean, it needs to kind of cover certain areas it's or you're going to see some exposure. Longer. Yeah. Oh. Exposure. Well, I see. just not a lot will be left to the imagination. Yes. But hey, that, <laughs> that could work in your favor. Instead of camel toe, it could be a moose knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So make sure you remember that. <laughs> never heard that. I've never heard that. <laughs> okay. Oh, you haven't? No. You should look, I like up, it. look up the word moose knuckle and then hit images. Oh, yeah? Will the, I get some good ones? The memes are endless. Nice. Don't do it on a company computer, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do it on your phone. <laughs> yeah, yesterday in New Hampshire, Donald Trump kind of admitted that he might have screwed up by skipping the last debate before the Iowa primary, but he said he would do it again because of the money he raised for the military vets that night. He raised $6 million dollars. And said that he would uh, never, he would never give that up to go from second to first in Iowa. It could have been the debate, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I would have done it exactly the same way because I raised Scott. We raised in one hour. I raised six million dollars for the vets, and I would never ever give that up to go between first and second in Iowa. It wouldn't be worth it. So thank you. Of course, he spent almost $11 million of his own money on on his campaign in the last quarter of 2015. Yeah, we do need to you know, give him some credit, I guess, for that. Yeah. That's that a lot of money. I'll yeah. tell you what, though, the next few months, uh, November's going to be here before you know it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's, I'm starting to find my, I'm becoming more interested in the outcome now as we get closer to November and as, as a lot of the other candidates start falling away. And getting a sense of which way left-leaning America and right-leaning America is gravitating toward. It should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Should be an interesting election, if not a tragic one. <laughs> <laughs> we just—it's by far the the strangest pool of candidates that in my lifetime. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be a banner year. American Crime Story. The People versus O.J. Simpson premiered last night, and it got great reviews. In honor of it, the Huffington Post dug up an old interview from 1995 with Chris and Bruce Jenner a week before the jury read the verdict. Okay. Mm. Robert, keep in mind, Robert Kardashian was part of O.J.'s defense team. Mm-hmm. And Chris and Bruce were very close friends with Nicole. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, a lot of people, I I assume everybody knows that Robert Kardashian, who was part of OJ's defense team, was, is Kim Kardashian's dad and was Chris's husband before Mm -hmm. he died. And in the interview, Chris talks about the, the fondness that she shared with OJ. Have you talked to OJ Simpson at all since this happened? I've talked to him a few times from jail. He called me. I believe that he was reaching out and I've known him for 20 years. What did he say to you? I didn't do it. Unprompted? Unprompted. What did you say when he said, I didn't do it? You know, it was so early on, and I just listened to him, and I think he listened to me, you know, because I think there was a fondness that the two of us had for each other for a long time. You know, we were friends. Yeah, in that same interview about O.J., Bruce Jenner talked about how you never really know people, even your friends. I I think you have to... Uh, you have to find out a lot more about your friends. Sometimes you just don't know. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You had no idea that the abuse in the marriage was going on? We knew it was a strained relationship. We had no idea about the larger scales that were going on here. We have to see justice here. Two people were brutally, I mean, I saw the pictures today for the first time, brutally 
brutally murdered here. Somebody's gotta pay for that crime, and they gotta pay for it for a long time. And if it doesn't happen, you know, whatever the jury comes up with, there's gotta be justice in this case. And if, and if the jury, you know, I just hope, I hope in the jury system, you know, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for these people, you know? I'm hoping they make the right decision. Bruce Jenner, 1995. Wow. Speaking of Bruce Jenner, the Today Show played a clip from a new Caitlyn Jenner interview where she talks about her first attempt to transition back in the 1980s. And this was back before Bruce Jenner met Kris Jenner. When did the two of them get married? Hold on, I'll look it up. It was early on. I mean, she was divorced. Like, there was all these rumors that she actually cheated on Robert Kardashian with Bruce Jenner. I've heard that, too. But she was divorced from Robert Kardashian. Yes, they did eventually get divorced. Let's see. They got married in... I don't know. All right. 1991? Yeah, Bruce and Kris Jenner married in 1991. Okay, there you go. So they were married when the whole OJ thing went down. Yes. Well, their daughter, the one daughter, the older one, I can't remember if that's Kylie or Kendall, but Nicole is her godmother. Like, they were super tight friends and family. Well, evidently, before he married Kris Jenner, uh, before he even knew Kris Jenner, Bruce attempted to transition back in the 1980s. And this was, like I said, before she met Kris Jenner. And I I keep going back and forth between he and she because I'm referencing Bruce. Right, exactly. Um, But anyway, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just... You know, recalling the events as they were as best I can. And when they met, Caitlin stopped. Well, just for the sake of our, we'll call her, for the sake of this discussion, we'll call her Caitlin, mm-hmm. even though at the time uh, she, was she was presenting herself as Bruce. Before she met Chris Jenner, they, they meet. And when they met, Caitlin stopped everything and went on living as a man. She says Chris told her to never cross-dress around her. Start doing things to make me feel better about myself. Started on hormones. But yeah, I was a good 36B, and I'm going, oh, God, okay. I loved them. You know, I, I thought, this is fabulous. My mission at that point was to transition before I was 40. Got to 39, I just couldn't go any farther. And like three or four months later, I met Chris. We hit it off from day one, and... I was very honest with her. I had to be. I was a 36B. That's good, by the way. That's important, like being honest up front. I think, you know, if you're getting into a relationship and you got something big going on in your life Mm -hmm. that is off the beaten path. That's massive. It's huge. Yeah. You know? We hit it off from day one, and I was very honest with her. I had to be. I was a... 36B. Everything's really heading the right direction. And I, By the way, I love that Chris Jenner was willing to date a guy who was a 36B. Yeah, no kidding. Right? Mm-hmm. We hit it off from day one, Sorry. and I was very honest with her. I had to be. I was a 36B. Everything's really heading the right direction, and I made this decision to kind of move on my life, and Chris and I together, and this family, and okay, I got to get rid of these gender things, and get off hormones, and this and that, and actually had my boobs removed. Um, I never told anybody that. Wow, how do you do that? He had like a mastectomy? Yeah, well, you just remove the implants. Yep. I mean, he could have been wearing... Oh, he had implants. Yeah. He could have yeah. been wearing big shirts and, you know, hiding it. Because well, that t- B cup isn't that big. Well, and you can tape them down, too. That's the other thing no. you no. forget about. You can take duct tape. You know, the though. rules kind of with Chris and I that, you know, don't dress up, certainly around the house. If you really need to do that, 
when you're on the road, take stuff and do that. So I did that for years. Which was a lost cause. What do you know? Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Well, we kind of got way off track here. We have a lot of other stuff that we want to get to here, including, as promised, the financial issues that will most likely end your relationship. Coming up straight ahead, Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. Cincinnati's. Imagine why that didn't stick with you, Jeff. <laughs> no, I mean, in other words, I don't think it ever became anything yeah. other than just, you know. A little thing. Right. 9-11, it's Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. Most of the morning rain has moved on out of here. Windy and gusty this afternoon with a sun cloud mix and falling temperatures slowly uh, dropping to 42 degrees by 5 p.m. Right now it's 55 with Jeff and Jen at Cincinnati's Q102. Let's talk about money and the fights couples have over money. Okay. You know, this is one of those things where they say money is like the thing that People fight about the most. Whenever a relationship is going bad, that's usually the root cause. Right. Here's some reassuring news, though. Of all the financial issues that could tank your relationship, the fact that you're broke is at the bottom of the list. Wow. A new survey asked people to name the biggest financial deal breakers in relationships, and here are the six results. Number six, their partner doesn't make enough money. That was only 14%. Mm Mm-hmm. Bad credit was only 18%. Okay. Being too cheap, 20%. Mm-hmm. Too much debt. Now we're starting to get into some numbers here. A third said that's a big deal breaker. Yeah. It's the amount of debt you carry. People understand bad credit because they understand things happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe we made a mistake in our youth. And how long it can stick with you. Maybe a life event took place that took sure. us down a road that was out of our control. Yeah. But when you're carrying too much debt, now people are starting to take a closer look. Because that debt is your debt, too. I mean, when you marry someone, you also marry their debt. Yeah, you're taking that on. Yeah. Being secretive about money, 36%. And then at the very top of the list, overspending. People say that's a deal breaker. (laughs) You know, it is so true. You need to be with somebody that has the same kind of money lifestyle that you do. Because I can see where each and every one of those is just begging for a huge honkering of a fight. Right. Huge. Financials. I think I've had a fight about every single one of those topics. I remember you had a fight about overspending before when you bought the playset. That was a long, long, long time ago. I bought a lot of things. Yeah. I remember you talking (laughs) about that one now. But I mean, you know, just having completely different philosophies like I was with somebody once who was just obsessed with saving money saving money saving money and spent all this time figuring out ways to save and save and save and save whereas I'm like okay that's nice socking money away but I think I'm gonna spend all this time figuring out ways to make more yeah investing make more saving or not even that what are things that I can do with my job to make more money right (laughs) you know Uh, rather than Make the most of what we got. Yeah. Get more. That debt thing, though. I mean, I know some people that are in relationships where the girl revealed, say, she had like $2,000 worth of debt. And then when they went to purchase a new home, mm-hmm. it came out that she actually had about $12,000 That's where you're going to get caught. You're going to get busted when it's time to, um, yeah, to purchase a home or make a major purchase of any kind. If you're hiding, if you're hiding debt. Mm-hmm. It started a massive fight. Like, I, I was thinking they were going to get divorced. Yeah. They worked through it, but it was a 
bad. Mm-hmm. My, my my early years, you know, just starting out in radio. I mean, you literally you starve. I couldn't even afford an apartment. I lived in a rooming house, and mm-hmm. I paid weekly, and we shared a kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's how lean things were, and my credit card debt was out of control. And I'm now in this relationship with somebody that is considering me for marriage. Mm-hmm. I had six thousand dollars in credit card debt she says i am not marrying you until not only you pay this off but we are going to come up with a system mm-hmm. and That's we are going to do this area. yeah and I, I tell you what it changed my life mm-hmm. the marriage didn't work out but the lessons from that and f- working that out figuring that out set 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 me on a path for the rest of my life mm-hmm. that i will be forever grateful for wow i think though when you're in a relationship whether you're you know, with somebody or you're married, you got to have your own money. They have to have yes. their own money. 100%. And then you can have a little, you know, shared money in the middle. Mm-hmm. But you got to have your separation stuff for that. Hey, I want to buy this for me. Right. Because I am having one of those days and I'm I not, deserve this. And I'm not talking to anyone about it. I'm yeah. not going to get it. your And I work hard yet. and I bring money home. I contribute to this marriage. Well, and you're not going to get questioned. Like, if you want to go out and buy a brand new pair of $80 jeans, hey, that's my money. I'm going to spend it on my $80 jeans. Make sure you have that conversation because there are some people on the planet that would say, no, you are not going to buy those $80 jeans. I don't care if it is your money. It's my money. But if you're going by Tim's arrange, oh, I got to take a break. I hate this. Wait a minute. Let me see if I can play on you through. You can move here. something. One, <laughs> two. Play us out. You know what? I'm going to play on through. All right. Excellent. Okay. Um, so if you're going by Tim's system and you got two people in a relationship, whether mm-hmm. it's marriage or you're living together or whatever, and you, one person's got their money, another person's got their money, obviously you're working toward a future though. Right. So you make a decision as far as how much you're going to take from your salary and how much you're going to take from your salary and contribute to the, to the joint, general savings yeah. fund right. or whatever. Who pays the mortgage and the monthly bills. Yeah, maybe your joint future fund and then your joint near closer future fund where we have this pool of money Mm -hmm. for vacations this pool of money is for retirement and from the vacation fund if we decide we want to buy an 80 dollars pair of jeans from that we can do that right wow this financial and relationship is stressing me out really really hard yeah who's going to pay the mortgage who's going to pay the electric bill right well, and who's or gonna, do we split it down the middle? Or who's going to pay for the vacations? And who's going to pay for the hotel night stay we're going to have downtown when we go out on Valentine's Day? Who's writing the Ooh. checks? There's a lot of stuff. Ugh. What's the biggest money fight you ever had? 513-749-2320. The biggest <laughs> money fight you ever had. <laughs> Under which category? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. <laughs> the one you remember the most. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cincinnati's Q102, Jeff and Jen Morning Show, 921. You're in a relationship and you both earn money. And uh, one member of the couple wants to spend the money one way and the other person wants to spend it another way. You have a disagreement on how much money should be going to one thing or another. And now you got a fight on your hands. Yep. And you feel justified because you think this is a good decision. This is what you want. You contribute to the relationship. So who wins out? How do you make that determination? <sighs> It's a lot of work. Nobody has an answer to that. Yeah, I mean, God. Jen. Jeff. Biggest money fight you've ever had. Oh, me and my still now fiance were planning our wedding about three years ago, and we were going to put our taxes together jointly to pay for the wedding. Well, he's a mechanic, and he's got this working project, or working um, 
you know, a car that's kind of just in parts in our garage. And um, he decided last minute that he was going to put all of his tax money towards fixing up that damn car <laughs> instead oh. of putting it towards our wedding. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It ended up being bad. We split up for like four or five months. And, you know, we eventually got back together, but we're not married. Yeah. That's a I, that's yeah. a that's a whole other thing is money and weddings. That's oh a God! Whole category on this because that is, they are pricey. I like that she still calls it that damn car too. Like it's <laughs> go, it's not away yet. It hasn't gone. Right? No, it's still sitting in parts in my garage, and <laughs> yeah. I, we've lived in that house for two years, and I've been able to park in that garage maybe once. God oh, love you. Wow. But well, good I love luck. him. It's not a deal breaker. You know, it is what it is. He's grown up since then, so we're just kind of moseying on with life. Making keep it us, work. Keep us updated, Jen. <laughs> yeah, I will, absolutely. Good keep luck. Keep us updated. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. It's not a deal breaker. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.